Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to an ongoing study of the Sermon on the Mount, a series of studies I recorded for my weekly radio broadcast a few years ago. In the first 15 verses of this discourse, Jesus shows us the influence his disciples have on the world. Sometimes the world responds negatively to this influence, and yet a godly life can have a positive effect insofar as it slows down the decay of the world and illuminates a better way of living. Jesus assures us of his intentions in the next section. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets, and not to destroy. He fulfills the law by setting a standard for righteousness greater than the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, the most orthodox Jews of his day. In doing so, Jesus reveals the true purpose of the law, to teach us to love God and to love our neighbor. This is the fulfillment of the law. On our last program, we left off in verse number 16. We were talking about how we as Christians can be the light of the world, how we can shine the light of Jesus Christ to other people through the character of Christ that he describes in these first few verses of the Sermon on the Mount, to the good works that we perform, that if we do these with the right attitude, if we are seeking the glory of God and not our own reputation, that this will shine the light to those people around us. In verse number 17, I think Jesus begins the thesis of his discourse. He says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I think this was a very necessary statement for Jesus because in verse 21, he's going to begin drawing some comparisons. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not do this. He follows that up with, but I say to you, and oftentimes what Jesus has to say goes far beyond what the law said in the letter, that Jesus was driving us toward a deeper understanding of what undergirded the law. And really what undergirded the law was love for one's neighbor. I think this is what Jesus means when he says, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. In chapter number 7, in verse number 12, he says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Sometimes we call this the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus says that this principle is the law and the prophets. Now, certainly we can look at the the various ordinances concerning sacrifices, and we can see that those go beyond just simply the love of one's neighbor. But at the heart of the law, what the law was endeavoring to teach man was that man must love the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, understanding, and to love one's neighbor as himself. Love truly is the fulfillment of the law. In fact, Paul says this over in Romans chapter 13. In Romans chapter 13, verse number 10, Paul says, Love does no harm to a neighbor. 
Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. As Jesus is teaching these various things concerning the commands, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not swear falsely, what he's trying to show us is that there is something deeper to these commands than just simply checking off your obedience. That there is a greater, a higher purpose to which man has been called. And that's what Jesus is drawing us toward. This is such an important concept because as he's going to say in just a couple of verses, if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven, our righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, how can that possibly be when you look at these men who carefully observe the commands of God? How can our righteousness exceed that? Well, Jesus is going to tell us how in these upcoming verses. He says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. We also learn from passages like Ephesians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 2 that when Jesus was nailed to the cross, that the old law was nailed there with him. The commands, the ordinances, all those things were nailed to the cross with him. Now we understand from passages like Romans chapter 3 and 1 Timothy chapter 1 that the morality that the law teaches never passes away. That when the law identified sinful conduct, that we should understand that that's still true today unless we have something in the New Testament that would tell us otherwise. So the law identified sin. The law teaches us what is right and what is wrong. But by and large, the rest of the law, the remainder of it, passes from efficacy. No longer is man to sacrifice an animal whenever he or she sins. We're not called to do that any longer. Why? Because that was nailed to the cross with Jesus. We are no longer required by God to keep such ordinances. In verse 18, Jesus says, For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Now I believe that this was in part brought to pass when Jesus was crucified, but I also believe that, as I said just a moment ago, that there are pieces of that law that continue to be of relevance to us. And until the world reaches an end, those definitions of right and wrong are still going to be with us to this day. One jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. The jot and the tittle were two of the smallest marks that could be made in the Hebrew language. And Jesus here is teaching us that in order to follow after him, we must carefully observe the commandments of God. You see, details matter to God. They matter a great deal. Not one jot or one tittle will, buy, will pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Jesus is saying that every little piece, every little dot, every little scratch that makes up a letter, that makes up a word in the law, every part of it is important to God. And every piece of it is going to be fulfilled. And so he says in verse number 19, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is among the most difficult verses in the entire New Testament to understand. I know that this is a real challenge for many, many people. What I think Jesus is telling us is that the sort of obedience that was required in the law would continue to be required in the future. That carefully following after the commands of God was still going to be expected once Jesus was crucified. That level of obedience is important. As Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obey what I have to say. Carefully following the commands of Jesus is essential as a Christian. Far too many people are flippant when it comes to their faith. Far too many people are flippant when it comes to carrying out the commands of Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry to say that I think in some respects, the modern day teaching on grace may be at fault for that. Now, I'll be the first one to acknowledge that we cannot be saved apart from the grace of God and that we see the grace of God in operation all throughout the Bible. We look at the examples of men like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Gideon and Jephthah. We see men who are flawed. We see men who deliberately commit sins like lying. We look at examples like that and we think, well, how can God work with a person like that? Well, it's got to be because of grace, does it not? That God works with us in spite of our frailties. That much is true from the Old Testament. But by the same token, that does not mean that grace gives us license to go out and sin. That was what Paul was driving at in Romans chapter 6. This idea that it's okay for me to sin because God's grace covers it. And just as an aside, I'm afraid, my friends, that sometimes the modern day teaching on grace may encourage people to this end. This idea that it's okay how I live because God's grace covers it, this is foreign from the Bible. In Romans chapter 6, verse number 1, Paul asked the question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. This idea that I can just keep on sinning and God's going to keep on increasing the measure of grace that my sin earns God's grace, in other words. This is not a part of the covenant that we have with Jesus Christ. Carefully following the commands of the Lord are essential. And the sort of obedience that we see under the old law, that level of obedience needs to be continued in the new as well. This will bring about greatness in the kingdom of God. If we not only carefully, cautiously follow after the Lord, but we also encourage others to do so as well. In verse 20, Jesus sets the tone for the rest of the discourse. He says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, in our last program, I talked about the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees that was concerned with the external, that was concerned with putting on the appearance of religiosity, this sort of hypocrisy, this 
for lack of a better term, acting that went on. This is an abomination in the eyes of God. And Jesus is going to talk in very strong terms against this when we get to chapter number 6. However, this does not mean that we shouldn't carefully observe the commands of God. doesn't mean we shouldn't carefully follow after the Lord. Because keeping those commands, carefully following after them, is good. But there is a righteousness that goes beyond simple rule keeping. And that's what Jesus is driving us toward. He's trying to help us understand that this is really more about the heart. That to commit adultery with a woman is more than just engaging in the physical act. You see, we need to be pure in heart if we want to see God. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,